Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Kelly Fraden is the author of Advanced Parenting, Advice for Helping Kids Through Diagnoses, Differences, and Mental Health Challenges. Dr. Kelly Frieden is a pediatrician, mother of two, and child-based advocate in New York City. Child advocate based in New York City. As the director of pediatrics at Atria Institute, Dr. Frieden was inspired to become a doctor because of her experience surviving childhood cancer. A graduate of Harvard College and Columbia College of Physicians and Surgeons, she has dedicated her career to caring for children with complex medical conditions in many situations, including academic clinics, private practice, inpatient units, and schools. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss advanced parenting, advice for helping kids through diagnoses, differences, and mental health challenges. Thank you, Zibby. Thanks so much for having me. 
This book is so unique and amazing because it's also, it's really helping parents help kids through all these things too. And and I feel like this whole thing is sort of a love letter to your mom for all the things that she did to help you get through when you were a kid and you had cancer and all of that. And I feel like this is just like one big gift and I hope that she loves it. <laughs> oh, she did like it. It's so funny. You know, I think that it was one of the most informative things about my journey to becoming a pediatrician is really understanding that the health challenges of a child really affect the mother and the father too, but but in such a deep and unique way, it has a lasting impact on your experience of motherhood when your children face challenges, little ones, big ones, any kind of challenge. Parents feel it so deeply because they love their children so much. Can you tell listeners a little bit about what happened when you were four and diagnosed, including the dramatic, you know, <laughs> escape through the hospital, the, the snatching? It's a crazy story because I, w- I grew up in North Carolina, a relatively rural area, and I had fallen out of bed on Mother's Day, of course, and I had acute abdominal pain and they thought, oh, she has appendicitis and they took me and they took out my appendix and they found a lot of internal bleeding. And at this local hospital, the surgeons didn't have imaging capabilities and they weren't really pediatricians. They were just general surgeons. And they were like, oh, you've been abusing your daughter. That's why she has internal bleeding. And my mom was like, obviously I haven't been abusing my daughter. Something's wrong here. This is not where she needs to be getting care. And they actually snuck me out of the stairwell and drove a few hours to go to Duke Children's Hospital. And you know, the only reason my mom knew to do that and had the confidence to do that was because she had had a lived experience of her own with with a, a sick brother growing up and knowing that it can make a big difference being at, at the right facility with the right doctors and the right training. But then I was diagnosed with cancer and I got, you know, world-class care through the physicians there. But it, it's just one small example of like a parent being an advocate and an effective one and changing the trajectory of care. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I couldn't believe when later in the book, you started talking about your uncle. And I was like, oh no, what are the odds that two people would get childhood cancer? Is it genetic? Is, do you think there's some link? Absolutely. We we have been scrutinized by lots of geneticists. And I think it's one of those situations where they don't really know, but probably one day they'll figure it out. Interesting. Does that make you terrified for your own kids? You know, no. Terrible things can happen to anybody. Uh, you know, we cross the street every day on the way to school. So, so you try not to let fear consume you too much. But you do talk about how you have your own advocacy with your child's hearing problems and how you totally picked up on that and were able to solve that whole problem. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, I think it's, it's just an example, like as a pediatrician, I had all the information and all the resources. And I saw my daughter not babbling and not really making any sounds. And she was like a happy, easy baby, but she really wasn't talking at all, like making any noises at all at at nine months. And, and I talked to the pediatrician about it because I'm not my kid's pediatrician. And the pediatrician was like, Oh, just wait and see, watch waiting. And I'm sure it'll pick up. But, but some part of me knew that that wasn't the right answer, but I still waited Uh, you know, two, almost three months before I finally took her in to get a hearing test. And it just goes to show you that sometimes it's easy to ignore your parental intuition 
but it is it is a really valuable resource if if you feel like something's not right to listen to your mom gut and either follow you know continue to ask questions or follow up or advocate for going to do that extra test because when I did take my daughter, she couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and when we fixed it, she started talking and really hasn't stopped since. <laughs> <laughs> Making up for last time. Yeah. I feel like this happens all the time where, you know, I take a kid to the doctor and like they obviously know so much more than me and speak with such authority that it's hard for me to listen to myself because I don't know as much. So it could just be panic and anxiety and ill-founded, but Sometimes I'm like, are you sure? Like, let me just ask one more person. Like, how about another doctor? Like, how do you know for sure this is what's causing this? And it's it's hard when you want maybe a better answer or I don't know. I'll, I'll just say, I feel like I try to listen to my parent intuition, but also not listen to it too much because I feel like I often overstep and I'm like, I need a third opinion on this rash, you know? <laughs> It is an important balance. And and I feel like maybe I'm biased, but as a doctor, I think that it's so important to have like mutual respect and trust between the doctor and the, the parents, because that's really what helps because I respect my patient's parents and I listen to them, like really listen to them. And so, so that when I say sometimes that it, it's really nothing. We'll just wait and let it, let it blow over. They know that they've been heard and that helps to, to move forward. And I also have to also admit sometimes when maybe I don't have all the answers and when we can get a second opinion or do some extra testing. And that's because I respect their intuition too. And I'm always willing to like be curious. I didn't mean to say anything negative. I adore my kids' doctors so much. Like love, love, love. Yeah. So this is my own neuroses at play is kind of what I'm <laughs> trying to say is how to balance that. But a lot of the advice in your book also is how to deal when things are not just a normal rash or whatever that that blow over. But what if it really is actually a major medical problem? And how do you parent through that? And how do you help your kids through that? How do you deal with the whole family system and all the siblings and that it's not just one person who's affected. And I don't know, I haven't researched this category of book, but I haven't heard of any other books that really address this specific thing and how to parent through times like this. Is there anything or is this why you did this book? This is why I did this book because I have given parents the the bad news sometimes that they have a diagnosis that they have to deal with, that their child needs to take medicine every day for the rest of their life, that they need to see specialists and and as a parent, I, I have a lot of empathy for that being really hard on families. And it wasn't actually until I had my own kids and I like checked out all the parenting books as a consumer of parenting content that I said, like, where is the help for, for all this? And, and I hated that parents were so alone during some of these challenging times. And I think, you know, what's, what's important to understand too, is it doesn't have to be a big, scary diagnosis to be hard. Certainly big, scary diagnosis. People need the most help. They might also be too busy to even read the book, (laughs) but even something like eczema or food allergies, it requires you to like have a plan and change what you're doing day to day and communicate with your team and cope with the stress and monitor something over time. And it affects things like sleep and relationships. And so so that's why I think it's important to have a forum to think through the best way to parent in these situations. 
and not just physical maladies, but also mental health issues as well, which can be also sort of terrifying, overwhelming for parents to navigate their way through. So what are some of the tips? Like, let's say there's a parent out there. They don't even have time to read right now. They are going to go buy your book though, after they hear this. But Mm -hmm. in the meantime, they're rushing from this specialist to that. They're getting this extra opinion, or they're just like sort of sitting with the news of something that they know will change their lives in some way ongoing and dealing with sort of the morning of what they thought life with this particular child would be. And instead, this is the reality of life with that child. What do you say to that parent? I think a lot of parents in that situation, when they're so overwhelmed, they might not think that they can do it. They might think they don't have the vocabulary or the knowledge base or the skills to do all the stuff that their child needs. But one important message for that group of people is for them to know that they are the perfect parent for their child. They can be their child's advocate and quarterback for what they need, but that they don't have to do it alone. And it it doesn't make you a less than parent to admit that you can't do it all on your own. Some of the best parents I've seen are the ones who had ways of building their support team and delegating some of the worry work and thought work and kind of activating their networks of support. Because the truth of the matter is when more people are thinking about your child and helping with the day-to-day of your family life, that's just like more resources for your child, more people who love them and care for them. And so it's not worse because it's not you doing everything. So those grandparents, the neighbors, the kids in the class with them, you know, often they're willing to help. They just don't know how. So sometimes thinking through that is, is the best thing to do in those overwhelmed moments. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And what about for like mental health? What if there's nothing, what are the things that even can be done that other people can do? You know what I mean? Like, what would that support group look like? Taking kids to appointments? Like how granular is the book going into the, like how to mobilize networks? 
Oh, yeah. So I do talk about some different ways to do it. And I also talk about some of the reasons people don't, right? Because sometimes it holds you back when you're a little embarrassed about your child's condition or there's so much uncertainty. You don't feel secure in your knowledge that you're on the right track or you have the best plan or maybe you just want to control everything. These these common things that keep us from reaching out for help or leaning on others for help, it's important to identify those barriers so that you can work through them. And I think with mental health in particular, it feels private. And unfortunately, accessing like the best therapist or the best psychiatrist or groups to support a family is very difficult and hard to do on your own without asking for help. But the truth of the matter is so many kids, it's made the news a lot, right? Like maybe one in five children need mental health services and only like one out of five of those are getting them. So I think what what you find as a parent when you are dealing with a child with anxiety or depression or, or other mental health related issues, when you do start talking about it, you're going to find other people in your community who are dealing with the same thing. Or maybe it's not their kid, maybe it's themselves, maybe it's their brother or their their parent. Mental health conditions have touched almost everybody. And the more we talk about it, the less isolating it is to be on the end of trying to make a plan. I don't know if we talked about this before that I'm on the board of the Child Mind Institute, but I feel like this would be such a great book to sell there or for them to recommend to parents because you know, those are all the parents, you know, they could really benefit. I mean, obviously so many institutions and all the childhood, you know, there's, I don't, why am I even talking about the marketing of this book? Not like you need help, but I just feel like the parents might not be at the bookstore, but they'll certainly be with their doctors. And if the doctors know, then they'll be able to get it in their hands more quickly. That's all. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, I think uh, the Child Mind Institute has done such amazing work here in the city. And they also do like a lot. Their website is so full of like resources. It's a great place. You know, one of the things I talk about in the book is like, where do you get good information? Right. Because that's like the first step for a lot of this is building your knowledge base as a parent so you can seek out the best resources for your child. And and often if you just Google stuff, you you go down like a the wrong direction. But having a website like theirs with so many amazing resources, it's really impactful. And so they reach a lot of families, I know, even outside of their primary scope of services. In terms of talking to your kids about their diagnosis that you shared you know, how your parents handled it with you, which was, you know, one of those pivotal moments and how parents should talk to their kids about, obviously it's different based on the child's age and what it is that they have or don't have or what they suspect they have. Like, I feel like that is a whole nother sticky area where parents don't know at what point do you tell your kids, like, do you worry them, but they're getting all these tests. And so they know something's up, but like the question of how much to keep to yourself versus how much to share. And kids, of course, don't always keep things to themselves. And is that okay? And like, what do you do about that whole Kanahora, essentially? <laughs> it is a huge thing for a parent to consider because the truth of the matter is children can pick up when things aren't right. You know, often children know a lot more and they notice little things about your behavior, you know, your stress level, your body language and your reaction. And they overhear things, you know, when they're at appointments, when they hear people making appointments on their behalf. And so often I'm in the position of encouraging parents to give the child a little information because it can be more scary 
for a child to have the incomplete information than to actually have some facts, some developmentally appropriate, specific facts. But like you said, there is always the other side to consider because once you say something, you can't really unsay it. And you do want to make sure that your child feels safe and that they aren't exposed to things that they aren't prepared to handle. So while I can't give specific advice in the book about whether or not you should say stuff to your children, I can give you like a framework for how to think about what's appropriate and the timing of delivering those kinds of information. What was it like getting all of the information together even to craft this book? Like, how did you get all, is it mostly your experience? Did you do a lot of research into the material? Like, how did you... Uh, and I know it was so great how you wove in your own experience because then immediately as a reader, we relate to you, like you're a mom, you're a doctor, like you've been through it, like tell us, you know, help us through, you know, it's like you're, you know, not not too chatty chatty, but just like personal enough to make us feel very seen and heard and all that stuff. So in how you researched and put it together, tell me what that process looked like for you. Yes. So, you know, I, I really identified the need for the book through my own experience as a pediatrician. And when I was doing complex care in particular, I was seeing some of the kids who were the sickest who had transplants or cancer or prematurity, or they needed breathing tubes. And some of those experiences, you know, really led to the formative ideas about the categories of things the book needed to cover. And when I first imagined it, I hoped that I would be able to draw in more research, more data, because there's an interest in the scientific community in this population of children who have chronic conditions. You know, there are some studies about burnout in parents of children with cancer or about the quality of life in children with eczema. And I did draw on some of that, some of that research, but the truth of the matter is it isn't as action oriented as I hoped. Like it doesn't offer parents a lot of so what do I do about that? So the, the medical literature wasn't as helpful as I hoped. And there's not as many like scientific studies in it as I hoped when I was originally writing it. But what there is, is a lot of ideas based on my experience and the experience of my friends and patients about what works best. Amazing. What do you hope will come out of this book? Tell me your, your biggest dreams. The biggest goal of the book, like, yes, I want to help like these individual families to feel more confident and to help the parents who are feeling most overwhelmed. But but I also hope to kind of shift awareness of the public's perception about what what is childhood and parenthood in the United States, right? Because we always think the conversation now is like, oh, having a new baby is hard and parental leave is really important. And it is, and that's true. But what we forget about sometimes are that so many children have medical conditions come up or mental health needs or disabilities. And we haven't built our systems to make it easy for these families. And if we start to see parenthood as as a, a more of a mixed experience that that it's not like you're alone if your child has a disability, that it's actually pretty common. And that's also part of what being a parent looks like. I think we can make our systems better, you know, our school systems more accessible, our our community spaces like airports more accessible. If you like start to remember these families and pay more attention to them. That's amazing. Kelly, thank you so much. I feel like this is a big sigh, like a big deep breath of comfort, you know, to ha- to know this book is around for everyone who needs it. And also for parents whose friends are going through, people whose friends or loved ones are going through something similar to have something 
to give. <laughs> it's like, I can't do anything, but here, take this, this might help. So that's actually helping the friend and it's helping the parent. And it's just so wonderful. It's out there now. So thank you for giving this tool for everyone who, who really, really needs it. Thank you so much. And thanks for talking to me about it and reading it. Zibi, I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. It's my, my pleasure. It's a wonderful book and I know it's going to help so many people. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.